0: Um, Yeah, I'm Jane, and I work for Do For One, actually, and we're a really small organization with only two staff, so um, shameless quick plug, if you do want to get involved with Do For One um, at any point, you can just email me at jane at doforone.org, just so you guys know. But yeah, I, I would love to share my story of experiencing loneliness In my own life and how that's really brought me to um, being really passionate about the work that I do at do for One today. But yeah, I I often joke that middle school was like the dark ages of my life. (laughs) And yeah, middle school and high school were really hard for me. So when I was around nine, I moved from New Jersey to um, where I lived in a predominantly Korean town, where I felt really comfortable and just really confident in my own skin. And then I ended up moving to upstate New York and Poughkeepsie, where I was truly in this like 1% minority and had a lot of trouble fitting in. And then on top of that, when I turned 11, I got diagnosed with scoliosis. So I turned out that it turned out my spine is like in the shape of an S and I had to wear a back brace um, that was like really big and clunky. and it just really affected me in a deep way and I had to wear it 23 hours a day from age 11 until I was 17 years old so I wore it every day to school um just all the time you know middle school high school and I withdrew into myself as kind of my defense mechanism I guess um I wore my dad's clothes to school because I wanted to hide my brace I didn't want anyone to see um to see it and I also just distanced myself from everyone because I didn't want people to like hug me or touch me and be like what is that you know what is that hard thing under your clothes um I sat alone at lunch um a lot and yeah I was often the last person to be picked in gym class for the team you know and on top of all of those things um I also got braces on my teeth during that time um, I also had to get glasses. classes And I also had really, really bad acne. (laughs) So it was like a full package, you know? And um, yeah, I always remember one night when I was like 12 years old and I was trying to give myself a little pep talk and I was like, Jean, you are beautiful, you are special, you know, and I I looked in the mirror in the bathroom and I tried to smile and I just like burst into tears because I was like, oh, I'm such an ugly duckling, like on the outside and on the inside, you know, I just like my self-confidence was like to the floor. And I also just couldn't really talk to my parents or anyone about my feelings because we didn't really do that in my house. Um, And so I just like withdrew into my room. And I had this Hillsong United CD um, and like Darlene Zick, you know, and it was like a 12-track CD. And I would just listen to that on repeat by myself. And I remember there's this one song, um, it was called Through It All, and there's these words that say, Um, I'll sing to you, Lord, a hymn of love for your faithfulness to me. I'm carried in everlasting arms. You'll never let me go through it all. And it was really like when I was 12 years old at that age that it really struck me, God's love that, that Jesus would never change on me, that like truly like he's the same yesterday, today and forever. Like he won't change, even though everything else in life can change at any point and you know when when you're 12 years old like the things that I cared about was like having friends and feeling cool in school and like there was this boy that I had a crush on and I just wanted him to notice me and those are like the only things you cared about you know when you're 12 and all of those things got taken away from me overnight and I just really felt so abandoned by the world but it really hit me in a deep way in that time that God's love is so real and it's the only thing that I can rely on it's the only thing that the world can never take away from me and so yeah in a way I'm really grateful that I went through that experience because it really did um, solidify my faith from a young age and I really came to know God in like a very real and deep way that the world can't take from me. Um, but it it was very very hard, and I wouldn't want to go um, through that again. And I I um, even though I had Jesus in my heart like for most of my grade school years, um, I still struggled with like intense loneliness um, all through school and even into college. Like I, I still carried that with me. And yeah, looking back, um, this is something I actually discovered with uh, Drew while I was in the emotionally healthy spirituality course. But looking back on my life, I actually realized that I could be categorized as having been like a nonverbal person for eight years of my life because I really stopped talking. Um, I really didn't speak at all. And like my peers in the youth group, I remember would challenge me and they would be like, try to say one word this weekend, you know? And I was like, I don't really think I have anything worthwhile to say. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, it's it's hard for people to believe now uh, because I'm very extroverted and social now, but I really was um, nonverbal for like eight years of my life. And really because I didn't have a sense of self-worth and I hadn't experienced um, what it feels like to be um, loved really by, by someone. So Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, that's thank first. you for sharing. Yeah,
1: I think these very personal stories, like just letting us be raw and human. And what stood out to me so much, too, is that the work you do now, like you really intimately, uniquely understand loneliness, that the people that you are connecting with friends, with community, you um, you understand their loneliness, not in like a distant way, but in a really empathetic way. Could you just speak to like some of the loneliness that you've observed um, among the, the people of do for one that, um, yeah, just how you have seen their loneliness and what, what that does to a person and, and what love does to a person on the opposite side. Yeah. Um, do you, do you want
0: to go on to um, the other panelists, Sarah, or do you want me to keep sharing? Go ahead. You go ahead, and then I'll ask Valerie the same thing, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> um, yeah, I I want to speak into, like, how I've experienced connection in the body of Christ and how that connects to my work at Do For One today. Um, so, yeah, the first time I actually experienced, like, connection in community and not feeling alone was actually... Um, like surprisingly late in my life, it was when I was 22 years old, and I was in grad school, and I met this girl in my um, class um, named Alexa. And she, I, I look back now, and I I will always tell people she was my first friend in my life. Like when I met her, when she was t- when I was 22. Like and and by friend I mean like a good friend, like someone who s- sticks in my life for the long term. Um, is there for me through the ups and downs, um, still chooses to be part of my life when I'm a crappy friend, you know, Um, when I make a mistake and I need to ask for forgiveness and be forgiven, like all of those kind of things that you experience in a deep friendship that is long term. Like I didn't experience any of those things when I was young, um, because I had isolated myself so much. But yeah, I remember the first time I got into like a little argument with Alexa and I thought the friendship was over because I would never like gone past that point in a relationship, and so it's like, oh, there goes that awesome friendship, you know. And I stopped reaching out and talking to her for like a week, and then she texted me and she's like, um, Jane, like, when are we gonna hang out next, you know? And I was like, oh, like this friendship is not over. <laughs> um, yeah, and yeah, I I never learned the concept of like what it means to be in a real long term genuine friendship until I was 22 years old. And now I work at a nonprofit uh, at Duver One and our mission is to match adults with disabilities um, into long-term supportive relationships, um, such as the video that you guys saw of Sarah and Ivy. And um, people, they often ask me like, how did you get a heart for people with disabilities? Like, did you have a family member that had a disability or something? And I say, no, actually, like I think I have a heart for, it's not necessarily a heart for those with disabilities, but it's like a heart for the lonely. I have a heart for the lonely because I was very lonely growing up. Um, And that is the common factor for most adults with disabilities is that if you ask them, um, can you name one person in your life who spends time with you because they want to, not because they're paid to, um like most 90 percent of adults with disabilities in New York City today will say they cannot name even one relationship with someone um, unless it's their mom or dad and um yeah like I can we like if we just took a moment to think like what what would we all be like if the only relationships they ever had in our life was our mom and dad and paid service providers like therapists and doctors and staff for special needs programs, you know, if that was all that we had, I'm pretty sure I would also be categorized as having a disability as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, it, it really tugs at my heart, because if I think about my own story, like the way that I learned how to speak was not by going to like special needs programs and going to like social skills class on Zoom, which is what a lot of people do with disabilities. Mm -hmm. Um, But I learned how to speak because I had a good friend who waited with me and loved me enough to like pull that out of me, you know? And there's this um, Mr. Rogers quote that we really love at Do For One where he says, from the time that you were very little, you had people who have smiled you into smiling and people who have talked you into talking and sung you into singing and loved you into loving. And that's really like how I experienced healing from my loneliness. And I think that everyone deserves to experience that. And I do for when we are able to provide that for the most profoundly socially isolated people in our city, the most marginalized. And um, yeah, it's really, really beautiful. Thank
1: you. I know something that our friend Ivy, um, if you come in person to Hope Midtown, Ivy's been coming for a good many months now. And something that she said was, wow, I've never had people know my name and my and have my phone number. Um, and just like how profound that is. And she's on here today. So uh, send her some love in the chat. But um, yeah, what, what a gift that we can provide that for one another to know each other's names, to have each other's phone numbers, um, to be present with one another in those ways. So thank you, Jane. And so let me just send us with a blessing. May the Lord be with you this week that you would experience um, just a profound sense of his coming near and his being close and that um, even if you are also holding loneliness that you would hold a sense of being loved at the same time go in peace friends we'll stick around if you would like to have um, a time of praying with any of us Uh, we'll have a few of our pastoral folks and jane um, stay on if you would like prayer as well so be blessed friends and we'll see you at christmas eve either online or in person Um, maybe caroling later today so um, blessings thank you for sharing with us in this morning love to you all peace